Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks for Friday, January 10th, 2020. My name is Jay Zawoski, host of Lockdown Blackhawks. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. The Hawks have lost their second straight game and third in their last four games, losing 5-2 to the Nashville Predators. It was one of the worst starts to a game all season. You had one of the worst empty net goals scored ever. And you had Pecorine score an empty net goal to seal the game convincingly 5-2. We'll break it all down. First, want to tell you how to get in touch with the podcast. Voicemail 708-653-0572. Remember, Talk Back Tuesday is this coming Tuesday. That show is recorded on Monday, so get those questions in. LockedOnBlackHawks at gmail.com. Follow my personal account at jzawoski670 on Twitter. Follow the show account at LO underscore Blackhawks and my Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast at Madhouse Pod. So the Hawks had a really good opportunity over their last four games to make up some space with the teams they're chasing in the playoffs. Last Thursday, they lost 7-5 to the Canucks. They beat the Red Wings on Sunday. That's great. They're the worst team in hockey by a long mile, and it took a big comeback to beat the Red Wings. And it's an Eastern Conference team, so wins are great, but any of these other games would have been better to win. Calgary, who they're chasing in the wild card, they lose 2-1. Then last night, 5-2 to the Nashville Predators. Nashville, who just fired their head coach, who lost their first game with their head coach 6-2, at home to the Bruins. This was a team that came into the United Center fragile, ready to be beaten, ready to be challenged. An early goal, a good start for the Hawks, may have sent the Predators reeling. Their goaltending's been bad all season. Get some pucks on net. Instead, the Hawks respond with perhaps the worst 20 minutes of hockey they've played all year. And that's saying something. You know what? I'm not going to say all year but probably the worst period of hockey they've played in two months. I'm comfortable saying that. Early on in the season, things were a complete disaster. They've gotten a little more level since then, since early November. But how does this happen? How does a team that is so desperate for points, that is so desperate to pick up two against a team they're trailing in the standings, come out dead ass like they did last night there's no excuse for it there's absolutely none the effort level was not there from anybody on the Blackhawks aside from maybe Corey Crawford (laughs) because he was under attack and look I'm always patient with young players but Kirby Doc needs to start getting involved and need to start making some things happen. He's the number three overall pick. I know he's 18 years old. I understand. And he's done some really nice and impressive things this season. But now he's getting these opportunities to play on better lines with better players and in better situations. And he's too often this season been a passenger. I know he's learning the NHL game. I know every shift is a lesson for him. But he's got to be more involved offensively. You had horrible turnovers 
from veteran players in the first. And Eddie Olchek couldn't wait to blame the second Nashville goal on Adam Boquist when Duncan Keith turned the puck over behind his own net. Boquist had a split second to react. And look, Boquist is not without blame in this game either. He should be able to win a foot race to an empty net goal and not just be checked away from the puck. Here's one thing that young players learning on the job can do. They can compete. They can play hard. Look, I know sometimes you're tentative to make the wrong play, but a foot race to a puck that will pretty much end the game, that's not complicated. Get on your horse and win the race. That's what Adam Bogus needed to do before Nashville made it 4-2 with the first of the two empty net goals. Instead, he's blocked away, by but he just gets in his way like, nope, you're not going to get past me, and the game's over. It's just frustrating. And another too many men on the ice penalty for the Hawks again in this game. Again, the problems we're seeing, and, and I stand by this theory, the problems we're seeing are of the coaching variety, of the focus variety, of the intensity variety. And you can't fire the roster, right? But game after game, big game after big game, you see the Hawks come out flat. Or you see them blow a lead. Or you see just momentary lapses in play. That can't happen. And while we praise the leadership of the players on the ice, like Jonathan Taves and Duncan Keith and all those guys, and that's all great, this team is undisciplined, they're unfocused, and they're not ready to go. Too often, this team is not ready to compete. And this game against Nashville on Thursday night is a perfect example. The Hawks were one point behind the Predators in the standings going into this game. And yeah, Nashville had a couple games in hand. No doubt. And that's the effort they come out with. And do we want to give them credit for a good third period? Do we want to do that? Where they made a game of it and Nashville was sort of poised to lose that game? They were ready to lose. Nashville was asking the Blackhawks to beat them. Really? Like, please, take this win. We're giving it to you. They went in a shell. They gave the Hawks so many chances. And Hawks just wouldn't take the opportunity. But do we praise them for a good third period where they outshot Nashville 14-5? to Sure, but guess what? If the first 35 or 40 minutes of the game don't absolutely suck, you're not in the situation you're in. And maybe you coast to a victory. If the Hawks played the first 40 like they played the last 20, or maybe 30 minutes even, they win this game. Why does it take 50 minutes, 45 minutes of a game this big to get them going? What's it going to take? What is it going to take here? What is Jeremy Cotton going to do to turn this thing around? Why do they still have faith in him? I don't understand. And maybe they're just playing the season out and, and firing Bowman and Cotton, which is fine. But damn, it's frustrating, isn't it? You see teams around the league firing their coaches in season, but not the Blackhawks. But hey, they've got the sellout streak going, so that's something.
This spring, follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for Cactus League Spring Training. Amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventure, awesome food. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. I will be there the first week of March, and I cannot wait. There's 10 stadiums, 15 MLB teams, and the weather in March and February in Arizona, 75 degrees and perfect. All 10 stadiums are within 50 miles of each other. You can meet players, get autographs. It's a nice laid-back atmosphere. Once the games are over, there's great bars and restaurants to go to, breweries. I know a lot of the listeners to this podcast are craft beer guys and gals. Four Peaks, Angels Trumpet, Ale House, Goldwater Brewing Company. There's museums all over town. There's so much to do in Arizona during spring training. Hit up the ghost towns, the outposts, go biking, go hiking, skydive, bring the kids. It's a great place to bring your family. Plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. That's visitarizona.com slash spring training. It is Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Hawks lose 5-2 to the Nashville Predators. Yes, the Predators scored two empty net goals, so it was closer than the game appeared, but the Hawks did not deserve to win this game. And as we do after every game, let's go over the pluses and minuses, starting with the pluses. Well, there were a couple pluses in this game. First and foremost, Drake Kajula returning to the lineup after over, what, like two months? Was it November 10th, I think was the day? that Drake Kajula uh, went on the uh, IR, 11-13 of ice time. He had two shots on goal. He had four hits. Uh, Look, the guy comes out and he plays with energy, plays a north-south game, and you can never have too much of that. So welcome back to the lineup. Drake Kajula, want to give another plus to Dominic Kubalik, who had 15-09 of ice time, scored another goal. It's his third in a row, third game in a row with a goal. Two shots, another shot attempt, and uh, just, you know, Picking up where he's left off, continues to put the puck in the net, and that's why he's here. That was a really nice goal. Just sort of a nice half-speed shot to the top corner. Chose accuracy over speed and uh, you know power, and that was the right move. It was a beautiful goal from Dominic Kubelik. Want to give another plus to Alex Dabrinkit's goal. The patience he displayed on that goal was something. That's something that not a lot of players can do, I think, most would find that much time and kind of panic with it and fumble the puck. Not to bring it, took that extra second, made sure he took his time to make a good shot, and he did. So he had a goal. He had three shots on goal, and two more shot attempts of his were blocked. So a solid game for her to bring it. Jonathan Taves, once again, all over the ice, and he had a chance late in the third, and his stick just shattered. Ugh, brutal. But Taves, two assists, 20-59 of ice time, one shot on goal, three more shot attempts were missed or blocked, two hits, won 62% of his faceoffs. So another strong game for Jonathan Taves. And I guess we should mention Patrick Kane, even though he was a minus three, an assist, seven, I'm sorry, four shots on goal, three more shot attempts, so seven total shot attempts. Uh, You know, when you have that much output offensively, It's worth mentioning. Now let's get to the minuses. I think this is the first time this season I've given a minus 
to Kirby Doc. And uh, look, with the opportunity, with the ice time, we've all been wanting him to get. He's got to be more of a factor. 1920 of ice time. Great. Play the kid. He had four shots on goal. That's good, too. But, man, he's got to be more of a generator of offense. I mentioned this earlier this week where he just sort of drifts. He's got to get in the game, and he's got to engage. To get hip-checked by Dan Hamhuis the way he was, it was like a video game. Kirby Doc's a big kid, and, yeah, he hasn't filled out yet, but more often than not, he is on the receiving end of hits. I'm not asking him to be Eric Lindros. I'm not asking him to be Scott Stevens or whatever. But he's got to start delivering some hits himself and not be the receiver, the recipient of all the violent hits in the game. I played football in high school. I played football through grade school. And not to go Uncle Rico on you here, but there there's two kinds of players in sports. There are the people that hit and there are the people that get hit. And that is a decision. If you choose to be someone that hits, then you're going to be better off. Right? I mean, it's a physical game. I'd like to see Doc just get more involved physically, not just with checks in front of the net and not just standing in front of the net, battling in front of the net, jockeying for position, putting a stick on a defender now and again. You're a big kid. Use that size. Use it to your advantage. I want to see Kirby Doc contribute a little bit more offensively and just be more of a factor when he's out on the ice. I know it's coming. I think he's going to be a really, really good player. But the Hawks need it now. And he's getting these opportunities. He's got to make the best of them. Another minus to me, mentioned it before, goes to Adam Boquist. I think he had a couple defensive lapses I didn't love. Uh, I don't blame him for that second goal where Duncan Keith turned the puck puck over. But uh, just in general, I want to see him start using his tools more. He did have six shot attempts, which is great. We've talked about that for a couple games now, that he's starting to feel more confident offensively, and that's a good sign. I like that. I like that very much. But those plays where he can win with some hustle, he's got to get that hesitance out of his game, that shyness out of his game almost, if that's a way to put it. He's got to be in those moments where it is simply a matter of effort. He's got to be more effective, and he's got to stay on his feet. He is down on the ice a lot. He gets knocked down a lot. That's not experience. That's just being strong on your legs, being strong on your feet, and, you know, getting out there and, and, and again, playing physically. Not hitting people necessarily, but being willing to go into a corner and win a battle. More often than not, when a puck's in a corner, I see Adam Bokwis on the ground. That's not a good thing. It's time to go down the number line here on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is episode 71 already of Lockdown Blackhawks, so appreciate you guys being along for the ride. Make sure you rate, subscribe, review, all those good things you can do for any podcast you like. You got some favorites? You got some ones that are not this one, I guess. I mean, the Madhouse Podcast is great, too, and the I'm Fat Podcast. If you haven't listened to that one, that's my my non-fat-shaming food and lifestyle podcast that runs on 670 The Score. So check that one out, too. But there's so many great podcasts, some of my favorites. Last podcast on the left is my go-to. I listen to that all the time. Mark Marin's got a great podcast. I love everything NPR puts out. Whatever podcast you listen to, 
Go to those ratings. Go to those reviews. Give them five stars. Say some kind words. It really, really helps out your podcasts that you love. It helps them get recognition. It helps them move up the charts. All good things, so make sure you do that. Help out the podcasters because they're all small business owners. I had this talk with my friends, and they're all gung-ho about, oh, we want to support the local coffee shop and the local bookstore. That's awesome. You absolutely should. But every podcast, for the most part, that's like this, is a small business. We're doing this to pay bills. So anything that we can do, a lot of people have Patreons. I, don't, I have a Patreon, but I don't promote it very much because I feel like if you want to find it, you can find it. <laughs> but look, the, we, the ad revenue we get on these things is great, but it's, you know, we do it as a labor of love, but it is labor. And uh, so anything you can do, even if you can't help out financially, uh, you know, make sure you rate, review five stars, all those things. They're very, very helpful to all podcasters. So with that, going to go over the numbers for this game. And as we have said all season long, as I have said all season long, advanced stats are a nice tool to evaluate a game. If I showed you the advanced stats for this game with no context, you would think the Blackhawks won 5-1. to one. The Hawks had a 61.22 to 38.78 Corsi advantage in this game. 60 shot attempts to 38. Even when we look at the high danger scoring chances, the Hawks had 16, Nashville had 9. But here's the problem. The Hawks gave up 7 high danger scoring chances in the first period. They got down 2 to nothing and spent the rest of the game chasing. That's not a winning formula. They came out flat and it showed and they said after the first period, even after the shots were 12-10 in favor of Nashville, which is not a huge thing. Everyone, Eddie Olchek, Pat Foley, Jamal Mayers, all the guys back doing the uh, intermission show said no. That was not representative of how the game was going. It was all Nashville for the first 20, probably the first 35 or 40, despite what these numbers say. So, again, I like advanced stats, but... I will not die on an advanced stats hill. And here's more evidence. The Blackhawks leader in Corsi percentage for this game, Alex Nylander, 15 shot attempts for, 6 against. That's a 71.43 Corsi 4 rating. Jonathan Taves had an identical rating with 24 and 8 against. Keith, Cuckoo, Kajula, Carpenter, Highmore, Kane, Mata, Smith, all over 60%. There was not a single Blackhawk under 50%. Alex DeBrinkett had the lowest Corsi rating on a team, 51.52. How did the Hawks lose this game when you look at that? Well, that's the thing. Games are not played on computers. They're played on ice. Sorry, it is what it is. I mean, I was looking online last week on Twitter and as everyday listeners know I had a weird weekend so my brain's a little foggy but somebody made the argument that was it Nick Bonino deserved an all-star nod over Patrick Kane just because his advanced stats were so much better it's like look (laughs) come on like the eye test still matters it matters watch the games this game told you despite what the numbers say 
The Hawks having the advantage in almost every category. That Nashville was the better team for a large portion of this game. And yeah, the Hawks found it in the third, but it was too little too late. And who knows, if Jonathan Taves' stick doesn't break, maybe they tie the game, maybe they win it in overtime, maybe they win it before overtime, who knows. But it's an it's a but. We don't know. It's an if. You got to be ready to play 60 minutes in this league. I don't care who your opponent is. And look, there's a reason Nashville fired Peter Laviolette. They know, and I think everybody knows, the Predators roster is way better than it had been playing. So it shouldn't surprise you that if you came out flat against the Preds, things were not going to go well for you. A couple numbers I think are interesting I want to run past before we wrap things up. Four shots on goal each for Patrick Kane, Kirby Doc, and David Kampf, of all people. Thought that was interesting. Adam Boquist, I mentioned earlier, had one shot on goal, but five other shot attempts that were blocked. So he's, like I mentioned, engaging in the offense. He's starting to add that element of his game. I'm not giving up on Doc or Boquist. I know it was tough on both guys in this postgame podcast, but I'm encouraged by what they both do. I just want to see more. I want to see more offensive engagement from Doc. I want to see him giving more hits than he takes, and I want to see Boquist do the little things more often to keep him and the team out of trouble. There was a play he made in the third where there was a dangerous puck going into the Hawks zone, and he made a really nice move to sort of advance it away from danger and get it around the boards. Those are happening more frequently too. But now that they've played as many games as they have, it's time for those the, the, the rookie mistakes to happen less often and in less big spots. Those guys are close. I really think the two of them are are poised for a breakout. And maybe it won't come until next season, but I think they're both going to be all-star type players. I hope I'm not wrong. And I'm sure if I am, someone will remind me over and over again. But you look at the tools of these two young players, and it looks good. Things look good. And uh, that's what, you know, you see them on the ice, looking so great for at times and then when they don't look great it can be confusing and frustrating I think both players would admit that this was a down game for both of them especially Doc who had such a big opportunity on the first power play unit 20 minutes of ice time nearly hopefully on Saturday when they play the Anaheim Ducks they'll have a little bit better of a response all right that's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Blackhawks and another week is in the books. We will talk to you on Monday. Remember, start thinking about your Talk Back Tuesday questions. Last week, we only got a couple voicemails. Need more of those voicemails. 708-653-0572. You leave one. If it's clean or it's not a moronic thought, it will get on the podcast. I think everyone that's been sent, aside from ones that were really, really long, and that's maybe just one or two, have been on the podcast. So send those in. 708-653-0572. You can also record a voice memo on your phone and send it along that way to LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. Lots of ways to get in touch. But have a great weekend. Have a safe weekend. Hope it's uh, stress-free. You can relax, enjoy it with friends and family. Until I talk to you on Monday morning here on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for listening.